Episode 55, The Beautiful Gifted Body. I can humbly tell you that what the Lord has shown me through these last four months of study in the Song of Solomon is so apropos for the times that we are living in around the world. The wars, the plagues, the deceptions, as in the days of Noah. Therefore, Scripture says, therefore you who follow me must also be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. Matthew twenty four forty four. The wise and the foolish, the wasted talents or giftings, and of course, the religious goats were separated from the church because they failed to do it for Jesus. Without intimacy, there is no growth, and where there is no growth, there is no maturity. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. I'm Neil Parks, and it's a, a pleasure for me to have you here today. I don't know about you, but last time as we were in chapter 6, verse 5, I was overwhelmed as to how the Beloved was affected by the bride's gaze upon him. I'm not sure that we, the church, even have a place to put his reaction to her gaze. Scripture says in verse 5 of chapter 6, he said, Turn your flashing eyes away from me, for they have confused and overcome me. Oh, if we as followers of Christ can fully understand how he, the Lord, adores us as his possession, nothing else will ever matter but him and him alone being glorified. So as we move on through the song in chapter 6, verses 5 again, and 7 and 9, the Shulamite is referred to as the Beloved's Dove and his Perfect One as she has matured and is filled with God's glory without spot or wrinkle. That's Paul's writing in Ephesians five twenty six twenty seven. Of all the glorious hosts in Jesus' courts, in the eternal city, he has only one bride. He acknowledges her. She is unique. She is unrivaled. She has no competition. And of all the attendants in his court, she is the only one I want, he says, and the only one that I would die for. He wants no other. Well, my friends, this is the church in chapters 6, 7, and 8, he describes the church's body, parts, which is identifying the parts and giftings of the body of the church. You see, the body has many parts, and all through song chapter 4, and now again in song 6, 7, and 8 chapters, 
The Beloved has commented on and is calling out the bride's body parts, her eyes, her hair, her teeth, her lips, her neck, and her breasts. Now, let's keep in mind that this body is the church, and the church is the body of Christ. And with that said, the church is one body with many parts, and each part has a function and spirit, spiritual giftings. Now, Jesus declares that the bride is as beautiful as the city of Teresa. It was one of the most attractive cities in the ancient world back then. Teresa means beautiful. Now, before Israel captured the land of Israel under Joshua, Terza was the capital city of the Canaanites. Thus, some commentators uh, present this Canaanite city as symbolic of the unbelieving Gentile nations. Or in other words, the bride is beautiful to unbelievers, thus she would be effective in winning unbelievers as well. Now, Jesus declares that the bride is as lovely as Jerusalem as well. It was, Jerusalem was the spiritual capital of Israel. The city chosen and ordained by God for worship, as in his worship center for the whole world. Isaiah tells us that in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Now, after Solomon's death, Israel split. Jeroboam, the king of the north, chose Tirzah as his capital city because of its beauty. Tirzah speaks of natural beauty that affects even unbelievers, whereas Jerusalem refers to spiritual beauty that believers greatly value. The bride being as beautiful as Teresa and Jerusalem refers to her as impacting both believers and unbelievers. Her, you see, her beauty reaches both, both groups. Now, the bride, by definition, is made up of those who walk in mature love, living like the heavenly bride while on earth is to walk in mature love. Now keep in mind, the end-time church will become mature and united using their gifts and talents. You'll find that in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So let's just read that. Paul's writing, verse 11, and Paul says, And his gifts to the church were varied, and he himself appointed some as apostles, special messengers, if you will, representatives, some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct. 
verse 12 says, and he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service to build up the body of Christ, the church. Verse 13 says, until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, or growing spiritually, to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ by manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising his spiritual gifts in unity. Now, you've heard me say this before, that this Song of Songs study, in my opinion, is the blueprint or process, if you will, of how God pursues his bride-to-be. From the moment of surrender to the wedding feast and everything else in between. You see, our Lord Jesus will have his bride and helpmate for eternity the way he wants her. You see, he has paid the price for her and she is no longer her own. So what we see in chapter 7, verse uh, in verses 9 and 10, is the bride recognizing her spiritual identity. You see, this is a process of maturity from the start to the finish. She is very adamant in verse 10 when she says, I am my beloved's, and his desire is toward me. Now, in this statement, we have two parts. She expresses the first, she sees herself as the one Jesus desires. The second part of that verse, she sees herself as totally belonging to Jesus as her beloved. Note, that she is her beloved's because he does, his desire is for her. Understanding his desire must come first. You see, we love him because he first loved us. 1 John 4.19 So now we are seeing the giftings in action. Because the bride's recognition of the Holy Spirit's presence within her. Now, how often do we fail to understand his presence living within our vessel? My, one of my favorite scriptures is Galatians 2.20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. That is, in him I have shared his crucifixion, is what Paul's saying. He says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. And Paul's saying, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Well, we're going to close for now, for today, but I'm going to close with a scripture. 
And that scripture comes from Romans 12, verses 4 through 8. Paul writes in verse 4, he says, Just as our bodies have become many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other in his grace. God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Verse 7, Paul writes, If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach them well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is a gift, if it is giving, give generously. And Paul says, if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Let's pray. Father God, Oh, your word is just overwhelming. Lord, these men that were gifted and wrote these inspired scriptures by the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago and are just as effective now as they were then. These gifts are given to us by you, Lord. Father God, I pray that every listener right now listening to this podcast that is saved and is a Jesus follower, that they would use their gifts and talents that you have given them as vessels for you to be used, their, ves- their, their bodies and their, their hearts to be vessels, Lord, and you would use these vessels mightily. Lord, wherever they're at right now, as this world, as we look on out upon it, Father God, it seems to be falling apart, but you're in control. Lord, you've planned this. You know everything that is going on, Lord. And I pray that each vessel, each person that has committed their hearts and their lives to you, would seek you in a more intimate way. Father God, intimacy becomes maturity. Father, I just thank you for each and every one of them today. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just guide them, teach them, counsel them. In your precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, folks, that's a wrap for today, and it's been a good one. So I just want to thank you and, hey, tell your friends about the podcast. And you can find it on many apps. Podcast app as well is a big one. So next time, till next time, I'm Neil Parks. <laughs>